And welcome to another episode of Gamerheads. My name is Roger, aka Rogue Leader76. And with me are my co-host Blue. AKA Writer's View. And my co-host Mike. AKA Pezman Mike. And my co-host Christian. AKA Fulgan. Welcome to the show, episode number 91. This week we'll be talking uh, about uh, well, about the time frame for announcements for releases. We'll debate that, especially with Death Stranding now having a release date. We'll be talking about when is the best time to announce a release uh, for a game. Uh, we also have some reviews of Shakedown Hawaii, Lapis Labyrinth, and Valhalla, cyberpunk bartender action. And then uh, we also have some news. But before we get into all that, we do have our icebreaker this week. And this week, actually, the icebreaker comes from Blue. Blue, do you want to? Uh, well, I don't, it's not my it. news to share. I think you should share it first. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I can tell the icebreaker. <laughs> so, uh, so the news is, uh, if, if everybody hasn't heard, uh, that my wife and I are expecting. Yay! So Congratulations. Thank you. We do in November. November 20th is the due date. Uh, so actually in November, I'll probably be taking some time off from the podcast. So I'll ask one of you to uh, run it without me. Uh, I thought you were dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should live, live stream during the whole process. Your wife yeah, will would, understand, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. That would go really you, well. Can you just wait just five minutes? Let me. Can you just hold it down, honey, please? <laughs> yeah, come on. We're yeah. recording over here. Please, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, baby, be quiet. I'm trying to record. Uh, so yeah, so I'm excited for that. That yeah. So it, it's crazy because it could be on my birthday. The baby could come on my birthday. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Well, at least we'll share birthdays very very close. So. Yeah, so Blue, you had an idea for an icebreaker. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun because I don't know if you guys have names picked out already, but I thought it'd be fun that <laughs> I think that your third child probably really needs a video game middle name. I, I just really <laughs> think that they need that. Yeah, uh, and we don't know. I mean, we're not going to find out if it's a boy or a girl. We're gonna we're gonna wait. Good for um, you. Yeah, we did that with Ellie. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl. Uh, we did find out with Oliver. But now with the third child, it's a tiebreaker. So we thought we don't want to know. We're going to find out when it's born. So, so well, if yeah, you come up with some names, both yeah, boy and girl. Your, your daughter already has a video game name. Eleanor? Yeah, from The Last of Us, Ellie. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but... <laughs> I will say... Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> Do it for the sake of the show, Roger. Right. Yeah. I will say uh, uh, Oliver, I mean, it's not it's not, not that he was named after Oliver Queen, but it was kind of influenced by... I like the name Oliver from, from uh, Green Arrow, so... Mm. Yeah. See, so we gotta stick with the, the nerd property names. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you know, my uh, my friend Brian, you know Brian. Yeah. He named his son Logan James. Oh, that's true. That's true. I know. I said to my I said to my wife, can we name our middle child, if it's a boy, can we name it, like, Parker? And she said, after Peter Parker. I said, uh, maybe. 
So that uh, must have got shot down. Yeah, that didn't. That didn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what names you can? Uh, I'm thinking like maybe a boy and girl name uh, because you know we don't know. So, uh, so what names do you all have picked out for my kid's middle name? <laughs> Dare I ask? Dare you ask? I came uh, prepared with a couple. All right, Blue. Why don't you start us off? Okay, so yeah, and then when you christen them, you be sure to tell them that I'm Blue <laughs> says hello and you're welcome. <laughs> I will. I will certainly when they grow up and be like, "Let me tell you a story." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, for boys' names, I was thinking Dante. Oh, Devil May Cry. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oren. From oh, Final Fantasy. That that's a cool character. Orin is a pretty cool name, actually. And yeah. then Leon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Actually, so one of the names we have picked out, if it's a boy, is Leopold. Possibly. And we call him Leo. So that kind of ties in with that a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. Those are good names. What Those about do you names. have girl names? So Yuna from Ooh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Samus. Oh, that's a good name. I like it was, that. It would be a good name. You could call her Sammy. Yeah. And, uh, very good role model. And then Misty, because I know your family likes Pokemon. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Ellie, Ellie, Ellie would absolutely love that name. <laughs> <laughs> right? See? I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Misty just sounds like a name that might grow up to be a job that I don't want them growing up to. Uh, come on now. <laughs> those are good names. I actually, I actually really like uh, some of those names. So, um, yeah, I not I can't guarantee I'll have any of them. But I do like them. <laughs> Just be like, honey, honey, it's for the show. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually do like Samus a lot. I do like that name a lot. So, yeah. See, good uh, idea. Those are good ideas. Uh, Mike, do you have some names picked out? I do. Uh, so if the baby's a girl, uh, I like the name. Uh, the name's Cassie for Cassie Ooh. Cage from Mortal Kombat. Okay. Daughter of Johnny Cage <laughs> and Tonya. <Can> you... <laughs> you won't have to worry about her when she starts dating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Honey, we're going to name a kid after a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> <laughs> And the other one I like, uh, one of quickly becoming one of my favorite video game characters, uh, Sadie. Oh, from, from Red, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Dead yeah, oh. Sadie's not a bad name. So uh. those are yeah, those are my uh, those are my girl names. Okay. Uh, I try to be as practical as possible, but for a boy, um, I think the best choice has got to be Wario. Ooh. <laughs> yes, yeah. please, please. <laughs> oh my God! I would never name my kid Wario. <laughs> I'll give you five bucks if you name your kid Wario. Oh, okay, I, I will double it. I will give you ten bucks. Wow! Hey, honey, we're gonna make fifteen dollars on this. <laughs> Just go for it, yeah. Especially if his cry sounds like Wario. If he if it comes out as a pudgy kid with a mustache. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so is what I got. Okay, nice names. 
Uh, what about you, Christian? Do you have some names picked out? I do, but before I give you my names, oh it is my obligation to remind you that it is a bad idea to name your children after <laughs> fictional characters because <laughs> what not, those not... fictional characters end up doing is completely out of your control, and they could become complete scumbags. It's not like he's naming him Khaleesi or something. Yeah. It's going to be okay, I think. Right. I hope so. Man, all those people that name their kids after... That was Jones. hilarious. Oh, I no. was laughing so much <laughs> when I read those news reports. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> not a good move. Not, yeah. not smart. But boy characters I actually found a harder time finding, but I picked Raiden from Metal Gear Solid. Oh, That's a little out there. I kind of like that name, Raiden. Yeah. I mean, I've never met a human being named Raiden before, so that's a plus. That's true. Uh, I picked Bayek from Assassin's Creed Origins. That's a really oh. cool sounding name. That is cool. And I've never met anyone named Bayek. And he's a likable dude, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. And then the other guy name I picked was Boring Old Drake from Uncharted. Oh, Drake. <laughs> that's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Those you meet are, some other Drakes out and about, I'm sure, but those are all names that you could walk into a a kindergarten and not have to be embarrassed. Yeah, unlike Wario. Um. <laughs> hey, it's better than my other choice, which was Slippy. Slippy. Oh god! Oh god! Jeez. For girl names, uh-huh. uh, I had an easier time finding girl names. I picked Jade from Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, really like that name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never met anyone named Jade either. I had a cat named Jade. Oh, that's a good cat name too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good idea, Roger. I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind for future cat maybe. <laughs> future cats. <clears throat> and then the other one I picked was Clementine from The Walking Dead because oh, Clementine's oh. just like this very nice, you know, innocent name that really fits that character really well. Yeah, and it's an old time name, which is something that we we kind of like. So. That's your theme. That's our really? theme. Yeah. So going going with a rustic name. Yeah, rustic names. Well, it is funny because when we picked Eleanor, we're like, nobody uses Eleanor anymore. And then there's like a couple Eleanors in her class. And then we picked Oliver and we're like, nobody picks mm-hmm. Oliver anymore. My oh nephew my is named Oliver. <laughs> yeah. I, we, ran, we ran into this. Oh, my God. This happens more than more than uh, than once. But this this ha- this happened recently. We were at the Children's Museum, Oliver and I were, and we were coloring. And I said, oh, Oliver, can you hand me, you know, blue? And this, this mom and a little boy that were standing next to us turned around and she said, oh, is his name Oliver? <laughs> I said, yes. She said, oh, my son's name is Oliver, too. And I said, oh. She said, how old is he? And I said, oh, he's four. Oh, my Oliver's four, too. When's he starting pre-K? And I said, oh, next year. Oh, mine, too. Where's he going? <laughs> oh, we're going to the school. Oh, mine, too. And I'm like, oh, boy. This oh, is, boy. Yeah, you're like... <sighs> that's too bad yeah and she'd be like why <laughs> anybody else get the get, get that image in their head of that simpsons episode with the bort license plates or am i the only one where bart where they go to the itchy and scratchy land and bart <laughs> can't find a license plate with his name on it oh. and, like, <laughs> bort, and there's like four people in the store that had the name bort <laughs> i'm the only I, one okay yeah. if you're I listening and you <laughs> And you caught the reference. Please send me a tweet or something. Don't make me feel embarrassed. <laughs> All right, I'll be quiet. Well, listeners, you, I don't. Oh boy, I think I might be asking for trouble. Listeners, if you want to let us know what video game character I should name my kid after, uh, you can send us a tweet. You can send us a tweet at GamerHeadsPC. You can send us an email at info at gamerheadspodcast.com. 
you can go to our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. Uh, or you can go to our website, and that's at GamerHeadsPodcast.com, and leave us a message there as well. All right. That was a fun That was a fun exercise. That was a fun icebreaker. Thanks, Bloom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we have uh, so we have some news. Uh, I have a couple items here, and and as always, if you have something that you want to bring up, please do so. So the first one here, uh, Christian, you want to take the first one? I'd love to. This one's from NME.com. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden is filing a lawsuit against the makers of the game Ion Maiden. So the legendary oh, heavy is metal it Ion band. Maiden? Yes, it is. Oh, but so it's funny because the article said Iron Maiden. Uh-oh. But yeah, but that's, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense now. That's a clickbaity article. It is. That typo that yep. would, you know, There's... cause, stir up some, some confusion, I'm sure. Yep, yep. But the... The game is called Ion Maiden, and the legendary heavy metal band, via their holding company, filed a $2 million lawsuit against developer 3D Realms over their video game Ion Maiden. See, later on, they called it Ion Maiden. That's Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. According to the Daily Beast, it launched Thursday, May 30th, and their case claims that 3D Realms, known best as the creators of the Duke Nukem video game franchise, aimed incredibly blatant trademark infringement at the band with the similarly named video game title. Mm -hmm. The lawsuit alleges that Ion Maiden would cause, quote, confusion among customers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The lawsuit also takes the company to task for allegedly naming an Ion Maiden character after band founder Steve Harris and reworking Iron Maiden's iconic logo while also highlighting the fact that the band have their own video game, Legacy of the Beast. Yeah, did you know that that they have their own video game? <laughs> I did not. I did not either. The well-known game, Legacy yeah. of the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I saw this and I was like, "Well, that's interesting." Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they have a leg to stand on here. Maybe, but. I mean, wouldn't you be flattered if somebody made a, a game after you? I would be. Yeah. yeah it, but Yeah, I mean it's it's how many decades since Iron Maiden was really relevant. I mean yeah. really. Yeah. And they're on hey, they're on tour blue. Are they? But I think it's I think Are it's we... like two members of the band. Yeah, it's just the bass player. <laughs> yeah, it's just the bass player. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have a tough time saying that this video game first person shooter on that just came out of early access on steam is somehow siphoning off the sales from their free-to-play mobile game and their ticket sales i think there's a there's not a very strong argument to be had there hey it's confusion amongst the customers oh i meant to go see iron maiden instead, <laughs> and of instead i bought this game on steam <laughs> <laughs> dang it how Oops. did that happen <laughs> Ion Maiden is really rad, though. They made Ion Maiden um, out of the Duke Nukem 3D engine, which is 24 years old. And they oh, made a new wow. game out of it, which is just like a really cool idea. I like that idea a lot. Well, yeah, I kind of want to play it now. So I kind of want to listen to Iron Maiden now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the, the response of the metalheads on Twitter... Holy oh cow! Really? Oh. Yeah, they they are. I'm never listening to Iron Maiden again. Jeez. Wait, what? Oh, they're against Iron Maiden on this? Yeah. Well, okay. So, at least in the Twitter crowd that I interact with, there's a huge overlap between 
gamers, film nerds, uh, <laughs> wrestling fans, and metalheads. <laughs> <clears throat> like if you were to look at this Venn diagram of all these groups, and they all intersect in the middle in Twitter. And so the, the metalheads who are also gamers, uh, they're not happy about this. Wow. Oh boy. They're not happy that Iron Maiden is suing Ion Maiden? Right. Oh, that's think- weird. <clears throat> you would think that they would be like on board with Iron Maiden, but I guess well, not. Remember, remember when everybody hated Metallica when they uh, no? sued with the Napster, whole Napster thing? Oh, Metallica! No. Yeah, they're kind of jerks about everything, though. <laughs> There was there was even yeah, an episode I was watching an episode of Dennis Miller, um, and Dave Grohl was on it, lead singer of the Foo Fighters, and he just like and he really just lambasted Metallica and um, oh crap now his name escapes me, the drummer who kind of started the whole thing mm-hmm. from Metallica, um, but yeah, but he's like he he was not a fan of that of what they were doing as well, but like everybody hated I remember everybody hated Metallica. Uh, because of what they were doing. Hmm. Wow. Well. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Lars, right? But I didn't remember his last name. Yeah, I mean, as a side note, either give people an easy way to listen to your music or just accept that they're going to pirate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. I would never. Yeah. Yeah. So I would never do such a thing. <laughs> no. Uh, that was before your time, Christian, wasn't it? You weren't even born when Napster was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. I yeah. was there for the tail end of it. Okay. Uh, those were interesting times, Christian. <laughs> Plenty of CDs were burned. Yes. I Side note, I knew a guy that started a side business and he went to jail over that. <laughs> yes. He was, he was downloading all this music from Napster. And what was the other one? Kazaa. Kazaa. LimeWire? LimeWire, yeah. And then he uh, he would burn CDs for you. I mean, I didn't buy any, but he would burn CDs for people. And then he went to jail. And that was weird. I mean, understandable, but I guess. But anyway. Yeah, those are different times, Christian. <laughs> the wild, wild west of music sharing. <laughs> yep. Uh, the next item I have here. Uh, Blue, do you want to take the next item? Death Stranding will release on November 8th. Yeah. Yeah! Finally! Finally! Wait, do you think it's going to be delayed? Do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I think they've probably got a pretty firm grasp on it, considering they've waited this long to put a release date out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean... Trailer looks good, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree Still with you Still don't know there, what Blue. it's about, but... I liked this trailer a lot more than the last trailer because the last trailer felt kind of disjointed and then it was just Norman Reedus running around with a body strapped to his back. That didn't really intrigue me all that much. This trailer showed a little bit more. It kind of got into the actual narrative stuff. You had character dialogue and I've been missing Kojima dialogue so much because I played Metal Gear Solid Five, and that was largely absent from that game. That game was largely gameplay over story, which was not typical for Kojima, and that made me sad because I missed the you know stereotypical Kojima lofty dialogue. And then that appears to be back in full force. And that lady that they have voice acting, uh, the lady in the trailer, sounds like she's plucked straight out of any number of Metal Gear Solid games, and I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean. 
I guess we'll have to see. I, I, I'm, I, I'm curious about this game, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, I know this is blasphemy, but I'm not sure if I'm a big Kojima fan or not. I don't know. I know. Uh-oh. I, Uh-oh. You and I are in the same group here, Roger, so don't worry. Okay. 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 No, okay. You know what? Uh-oh. Since we're discussing baby names. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kojima. Kojima. Ooh, yeah. Kojima-san. Yeah. I don't think that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I mean, I like the Metal Gear games. I like the premise of them, but I just, I wouldn't say like, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my favorite games of all time. I know that Christian, like you really like those games a lot. So mm-hmm. the Death Stranding gameplay, if anything, is what I'm most cautiously optimistic about. It looks like. It's not quite the Metal Gear Solid kind of stealth shooter type deal. It looks like it's more like a cinematic platformer almost, where a lot of what you're doing is just moving around environments and avoiding the bad things. That's all we saw in the trailer. And like he shot a gun very briefly, but it was during a World War One sequence, and the UI looked really rudimentary in a way that makes me think that shooting won't be a major component of this game. But I suppose we'll just have to wait and see, and not much longer either. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll see. I I suspect it'll be delayed. I, I I would hate to be working for that studio at that time, though. Gosh, that crunch time's gonna suck. I think, but maybe not. Anyway, should we move anyway. on? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my internet went out again for a second. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Mike, or yeah, Mike, do you want to take the next one? Sure. Here? This one comes from Nintendo Life. Uh, and Baldur's Gate, Neverwind Nights, and more Dungeons & Dragons classics are coming to your Nintendo Switch. Uh, fans of classic D&D RPGs are in for a treat. Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale, and Neverwind Nights are all coming to the Switch, and of course other consoles, for the first time later this year in their Enhanced Edition guises. Uh, two of the bundles will arrive in the, on the 27th of September, with Neverwinter Nights bringing up the rear on 6th of December. So, uh, it, you know, the, the thing that I'm excited about this, except for the fact that Neverwinter Nights, the whole cool thing about the original Neverwinter Nights was the fact that you can make your own campaigns oh. and you can have people go through it. And this is not going to be that. This is just going to be the single player game, which wasn't that good. But you can play online with people. That'd be kind of cool. But I don't know. I wish I wish that there was like, I wish, I mean, they haven't confirmed that it's not going to be the, you can create dungeons, but man, that'd be awesome if you could create dungeons and never winter nights. Yeah. I've never, I've never played any of those, although I've heard good things about Baldur's Gates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gates is good. But uh, I watched the, uh, I watched the trailer for this and it looks interesting. I'm not sure if I would pick it necessarily pick it up though especially after what you said it's kind of a bummer then that doesn't have the create a campaign yeah i mean that's not confirmed but i would highly doubt that they would have the create a campaign in the game it'd be awesome if they did but i highly doubt they will uh what was that game was everquest game what was the everquest game that was a multiplayer game christian you know what i'm talking about i don't know was it just everquest no (laughs) everquest was online wasn't it it was an early mmo (laughs) yes no, it was like a maybe maybe Mike maybe you don't. What, what, it was like this. It was like a top down like Diablo type game. What was that game called? No, no. 
I thought that either I thought one of you two played it. Uh, I don't think I have. I'm sorry, Roger. That's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll find it. But um, I thought it was EverQuest. Maybe it wasn't EverQuest. Um, but anyway, it was um. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I'm excited for these games. I mean, excited for the fact that they can play on online with these. So that's kind of cool. So Heck yeah, bring them on. I think these games are fantastic because uh, I have only played a very tiny bit of any of them. But people herald Baldur's Gate 1, 2 and Planescape Torment as some of the greatest video games ever created by mankind. And the fact oh. that they're going on Switch will hopefully expose them to a greater audience. Despite the fact that they're like extremely hardcore D&D RPGs that are meant for the PC but regardless, I think they're perfect for Switch because they're old games that'll run on the Switch's mobile hardware, and we could use more of that. Just make the Switch a beautiful breeding ground for all things pre-2005 that can run beautifully, and you can just slap it on there and give it a new audience and breathe new life into something old. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I agree. So. <laughs> Uh, this next item, um, Christian, do you want to take this next item then too? Sure. Nintendo Life announced that a 3DS eShop title just launched for a hundred dollars. Yeah. What? A game <laughs> yes. called PDI Check, hailing from an Alaskan eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the software is described as interactive multiple choice game. Yeah. This is from their website describing the game. Quote, PDI Check is an interactive multiple choice game utilizing the unique color three-dimensional screen on the 3DS, Nintendo 3DS system, to quickly and accurately measure monocular near visual acuity, color vision, and stereopsis. As part of a comprehensive eye exam, visual functions are measured at a distance and near. So, Eric, is he marketing this to other eye doctors? I don't know. Good question. Maybe it's to people that can't afford to see an eye doctor. So they're like, you can buy this game. Your copay and... to see an eye doctor can't be $100. I know. <laughs> well, if you don't have insurance, maybe it's just like, well, I already have a 3DS. So I might as well just buy this game for $100. That's weird. Seems like the kind of thing that would be trying to appeal to the brain age crowd, because I feel like the brain age, like Zeitgeist was like trying to appeal to, you know, like 50, 60 plus year olds who are like, oh, I can buy a DS and I can stay sharp and witty into my later years. <laughs> yeah. But okay, but then is this game claiming that by playing it, it will improve your vision? That's I don't what think the so. That's not what did. this is telling me. This yeah. is just telling me you can look at some stuff on a 3D screen and I guess it'll measure your stuff. Hmm. Cool. I guess. Hmm. I guess. I don't know. It's that, weird. That, yeah, that seems like a really narrow market. If you priced it the same as the other eShop games, you'd probably just get people to buy it. Just mm -hmm. not thinking about what it is but at a hundred bucks ain't nobody gonna do that yeah i know can we get a review copy <laughs> <laughs> should i ask for one Jeez. yes you should okay i'll try to get a I mean, isn't it weird isn't it weird a hundred dollars a hundred dollars for a system that like officially has been declared dead you, you can get the up. system for less than a hundred dollars i know isn't that weird that's weird this is just bizarre but 
I mean, I mean, hey, I guess they're just. <laughs> Can you imagine this? Hey, we're gonna come up with this game. Alaskan eye doctor is like, let's come up with this game. <laughs> it was like in development like ten years ago, and they're like, ah, we finally came up with this game, and it was like, well, the 3ds is dead. We're gonna charge a hundred dollars for it. What? <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, does anybody else have any other news? That's that's what I have this week. Well, go ahead, Jablu. Oh, I was just gonna say there is something that you shared earlier this week that you have neglected to mention. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Me? Mm-hmm. What did I share this earlier this week? About Apex Legends. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, research company Superdata crunched some numbers, and they estimate that the game earned $24 million in April, which is a 75% drop from February. Wow. I mean, $24 million is still a lot, but yeah. it, it should be 75% more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that- sure as far as EA is con- considered. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we called it, right? We said this game's not going to be very popular after a couple months. And Is it that it lost popularity, or is it that everyone who got way into it ran out of things to buy? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they were coming out with seasons for that game, or they did come out with seasons for that game. <laughs> they were trying to... In fact, I think Fortnite modeled a couple, like, enhancements based off of apex legends oh yeah that my little brother way into Fortnite. uh he went back to it a little bit ago despite the fact that he said he wouldn't and then he's <laughs> like it's just not Fortnite anymore they just copied a bunch of stuff from apex legends and it's like dumb why doesn't apex sue them and i was like well listen. it's like dumb <laughs> yeah that's what he said <laughs> i was like it's not that simple i'm sorry i'm sorry they put too much apex in your Fortnite, but that's the world we live in now <laughs> I don't know. Iron Maiden seems to think it's that simple. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Next thing we'll be putting in Iron Maiden into Fortnite. You never know that. What the heck? Mm. If if Iron Maiden, somebody in Iron Maiden has a signature dance. <laughs> oh, yeah. They should put that in Fortnite. There you that go. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess not shocking. Um, well, we'll like, see. The Season 2 Battle Pass for Apex Legends is supposed to be unveiled during E3. Oh, interesting. We'll yeah. see if that brings people back. Maybe a few. I, I think people just, you know, that's the problem is that there's so many choices out there. Just people just move on. Next. Next. So. Yep. Um, anything else? Mike, did you have something else? Uh, they just announced uh, for Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, the yeah. Shang Tsung is yeah. the first character in the combat pact. And it looks like that leaked list may turn out to be true. Which, uh, for me, is very exciting, because that means uh, not only will the Terminator be um, a, a character, but also one of my favorite people in the world, Bruce Campbell, Ash from Evil nice. Dead, will be a playable character. What? I thought that that was, I thought that was, that, that theory or that, that rumor was, was crushed. I thought that even Bruce Campbell said that that's not going to happen, but well, maybe it is. Well, one thing about uh, my, my buddy Bruce is oh. that uh, he loves being uh cheeky uh with people he loves messing with people like he's he's a prank he's a prankster uh so he um he's just making that up oh yeah uh it's possible it's possible that he's just making it up but everything every other name on the list shows like 
it's all 100% accurate so far. Hmm. So all they have to need to all they need to do now is just announce it. But uh, if that's the case, I'd be very excited. Yeah. Uh, it might make me play Mortal Kombat again. I, you know, I will say that's probably one purchase that I wish I wouldn't have bought. <laughs> that was an impulse buy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm not, I used to love Mortal Kombat. In fact, that's the whole reason I bought, uh, PlayStation versus other systems because I had, they had Mortal Kombat Trilogy on it. I was like, oh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Yeah. I thought that was because of your girlfriend. Well, yeah, that too. She was actually the one that kind of made me buy Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Well, she was really into Mortal Kombat, so I was like, oh yeah, let's buy that. And so, um, I don't know. I guess I, I just I started playing it. I'm like, eh, this is okay. Maybe I have to play it more. Maybe, maybe I just have to play it more. Maybe. I, I just maybe. find other games to be more fun than Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It was your own moment of weakness. It was my, <laughs> it was my moment of weakness for sure. Uh, anything else from anyone? One more quick one. Yeah, a new Call of Duty game was announced. Heck oh, yeah! New. Make sure you put "new" in air quotes with that. Well, I don't know. Because people the title are, is yeah. Go ahead, boo. I was just say people seem excited about this one. I didn't it's, watch it because it's not my thing, but people seem excited. It is called Call of Duty. Modern Warfare, which I think is absolutely hilarious and so doofy, and it makes me laugh that they named their next Call of Duty game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Because, you see, there is a Call of Duty game out there with the same subtitle, Modern Warfare, but the reason, or the, the, the way they get away with it this time is that the other Modern Warfare game was called Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And so they took the four off and they're just slapping Modern Warfare on there and they're getting all those people back pumped up and ready f- to go back to their MWs that they missed so much. And here we are. We got a reveal trailer that was like uh, two minutes long. Didn't really show much. It showed uh, it said that all of the following footage is in in engine gameplay, wow. but they didn't show any gameplay. So what can you do? I mean uh going back to modern warfare and you know plenty of people out there on the internet they'll tell you um the last good call of duty was modern warfare 2 everything since then has sucked really bad so uh, i refuse uh, uh. to play any other call of duty games <laughs> i want to do more episodes where christian imitates people yeah no kidding <laughs> do the entire episode in that voice oh no <laughs> I didn't. I never heard that voice from you, Christian. So that that was pretty funny. Um, this one doesn't. It's not going to have zombie mode, too, right? Yeah, it's like the first one in like four years that won't have a zombie mode. Very interesting move on their part. Uh, they might go back to like Spec Ops or something, which is uh, the cooperative mode they had in Modern Warfare Two. Mm-hmm. So oh. that'd be cool to see, I guess. Are you uh, excited about the game? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten every Call of Duty game for the past you know ten years and played through all of them except for Ghosts. So. Kind of feel obligated to pick this one up, too, if only to continue my Modern Warfare Platinum collection. Because i got oh. Platinums in Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3. Might as well get Platinum in Modern Warfare. There you go. Cool. Uh, anything else from anyone? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Then let's move on then to listener feedback. And listeners, if you want to give us feedback, you can always get a hold of us. Christian, how can people send us a tweet? At GamerHeadsPC. And how can they... 
uh, get a hold of us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Gamerheads Podcast. And what about our website? Gamerheadspodcast.com. And uh, what about email? Info at Gamerheadspodcast.com. Oh, nicely done, sir. Switch those up. Nicely done. I gave you a 10 of 10 this week. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> I messed up last time. I redeemed myself. Uh, so last week we asked, what activity uh, do you love doing in video games but hate doing in real life? And we got a lot of uh, a lot of responses on this one. Uh, Blue, do you want to take the first one? Sure. This is from at the well-read mage, and he tweeted, praying to a statue to save my game. <laughs> I always get the feeling they're not really listening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's really deep. That's really deep. Uh, uh, Christian, you want to take the next one? Sure. Gamer Kratos tweeted, grinding for money. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like... That's working, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. life. Okay, I'm I took it the other way too, Roger. Did, okay, okay. That's I was gonna say. There's my 13 year old uh, self laughing. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Christian and I are over here being mature, and yeah, there's yeah. you too. <laughs> yep. All right, gentlemen. Coming up next on the ball is Misty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, that's a good name. It was even. I, it was chosen thoughtfully based on your family's interests. <laughs> No, it was a thoughtful. It was thoughtful. It just uh, <laughs> it also has other uh, meanings as well. Possibly. Well, that's anyway. your guys's baggage <laughs> yeah. put on that poor character. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you want to take the next one? Sure. This comes from at Malcolm Robbins twenty, and they tweeted fishing for sure. Minecraft, Stardew, Final Fantasy fourteen and fifteen. What do they all have in common? I spend way too much time fishing in them lol and i cannot fish in real life yeah yeah fishing was a very popular answer actually mm -hmm. uh, so the next one comes from uh uh jason from b uh tb and they tweeted physical activity <laughs> that's, that's yeah cool. that's yeah i can i'm on board with that <laughs> yeah um let's see blue we want to take the next one Sure, this is at ddisc7, and they tweeted looting, lol. <laughs> yeah, I guess looting would be really bad in real well, life. Lots of people like looting in real life, though. <laughs> I guess. You know, under the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. I guess. There's a riot breaking out. Yeah. 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 No big deal. Natural disaster, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I was just thinking of the person laying on the ground, and you just walk up and you start taking their money. <laughs> just that. start searching yeah. their pockets <laughs> first, and then you call the police. Well, I don't know. I just found them here. Yeah, I was, I was laying here. Uh, let's see. Mike, do you want to take the next one? Sure. This comes from Fip Shep. They tweeted, fishing. Boring as hell until a fish finally takes the bait. Uh, that, and it's always preferred. You get up really early in the morning for a better <laughs> chance to catch one. I am not an early riser. Yeah. So yeah, another another fishing uh, response to that. Yeah. 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 To be fair, fishing is one of the most boring things in the world that you can do. <laughs> but it's yeah. so relaxing. Personally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think when I fish, it's not because I want to actually catch fish. It's just because I want to get you away from everything. You want to just stand there? No. Yeah. Well, I usually, I'm on a boat usually, and I just sit there, and I just want to get away from everything. And it's nice. I mean, you get to take in nature. It's a nice, it's a nice okay. meditation thing, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I'm on Roger. I'm on the. I'm on the same page with you. I love. I love fishing. I hate the fact like an hour later, I come back and it's and I'm like, 
I just wasted an hour just standing there with nothing happening. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you stupid fish. And, you know, I yeah. just, but I still find it very relaxing. Yeah. yeah. I, although I don't like, I prefer to go at dusk because um, I don't like waking up at like 4.30 in the morning oh, yeah. to fish. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, when I was a kid, when I was in grade school, a friend of mine and I, we would, get, <laughs> we would get up really early on Saturday mornings we would we would the night before we would pack a lunch and our lunches were were i guess breakfast and lunch our breakfast and lunch were hostess uh cherry pies i don't know why but that was Yum. We <laughs> and a summer sausage sandwich and then we would and then we would bike down to the river like at five o'clock in the morning and fish and i mean looking back at that i mean it was fun but i mean it, it, i think we thought we were adults i think that's what we you know, yeah. we were acting like adult life. All adults eat cherry hostess pies for breakfast. <laughs> no. All I've got is this picture in my head of Roger and his friend, like Tom Tom and Huck, just walking along the railroad <laughs> track with jeans that are cut off at the, you know, <laughs> just below the knee, walking in barefoot with a straw hat and the uh, mm-hmm. piece of wheat sticking out of their mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a fun time. Uh, all right, so then let's move on to our push select review section. And this week we have a couple games that we'll be reviewing. Uh, Mike, do you want to start us off? Uh, you reviewed the game Shakedown Hawaii. I reviewed the game Shakedown Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, oh, then. oh, I got to give details. Okay, yeah, details. So uh, Shakedown Hawaii, um, it's available on pretty much all the systems, uh, including the Vita, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of, so, uh, if you, if you look at how, how naked gun, the old naked gun movies were to like regular police, uh, shows, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is the video game equivalent. So this is like the naked gun of Grand Theft Auto games. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was going somewhere with that. So yeah. Um, it's, uh, so it, it plays like old school Grand Theft Auto. So for the, those of you youngins, uh, Grand Theft Auto was not always the cinematic masterpiece that it is. Uh, it used to play um, exactly like the old Legend of Zelda games, top down, and um, there were there was no um, there was no voice recordings, anything like that. It was all a very basic game because the original the original GTA's came out in like ninety seven, ninety eight, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, so it was pretty basic before things started going into the whole three D realms. Um, so this this pays homage to that. And I will say, and one of the, and I, one of the things I loved about this game is that the writing is so funny. I don't get a lot of that in video games. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times games will take themselves way too seriously and they just don't, you know, they're not just there just to have just a, just a silly fun time, just the, the banter that goes along. So your main character is this old out of touch CEO of a company that's quickly going bankrupt and your goal is to um, is to bring basically bring yourselves uh, out of the red and back into pro- into profitability uh, by doing all sorts of wacky schemes and get rich quick ventures and taking over um, shaking down as the title implies <laughs> yeah. um, shops for for protection money things like that. But this guy is like stuck in the 80s and uh, he just he's so out of touch with everything. He's, there's there's a whole part where he's arguing about what 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 exactly double XP is, and he thought like double XP <laughs> yeah, is like a physical yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just there's <laughs> there's so many fun nods to gaming culture 
um, just, just, it's just, just so subtle too, that it's like, if you're not paying attention, you won't pick up on it. Uh, one of the things I pointed out in the review was, um, his son is like a 30 something year old, like punk rocker. Um, and he's, uh, he has his, uh, Xbox controller and he's like, Oh no, I need to get some batteries for it. And they're like, batteries, (laughs) who who puts, who puts batteries and controllers anymore? He's like, well, the develop, the, the, the creators wanted to give us the option, which was, um, one of those terrible decisions that, uh, Don, uh, Maddock made when he was in charge of Xbox. Mm. Um, so they kind of, they, they ripped on that decision. So a lot of, a lot of real tongue in cheek humor. Um, but the gameplay itself is a lot of fun. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's frantic. Um, you know, you're, you're, there's some really funny, uh, funny weapons. There's a hair dryer that that you can use to burn people. Um, it's just, and it's the same style, uh, Grand Theft Auto type, uh, missions, you know, go drive from point A to point B, kill this person or loot this place or, um, and then, uh, you know, take uh take the money and run essentially uh but there's also some um business uh maintaining elements so you can buy you know you make money you buy businesses and you got to main you maintain the businesses and every day they give you more and more money and um as you continue on obviously with the the mission you unlock or the the story mode you unlock more and it's a really deep story for the price for the price point i think it's like 20 bucks um you get a ton of content there is a long story I've been playing it a bit, been, I did not complete it yet, but I've been playing it for a long time. And I think I'm only about like 48% through the wow. game. Wow. Yeah. I've been playing it a ton. So, wow. Um, it, uh, it was made by the same developer that made uh, retro city rampage. Yep. So if you were a fan of that game, when it came out, it's uh, a spiritual successor. It's not a direct sequel. So you don't need to play the first game to understand this one. But if you're looking for just a stupid fun game and I, and, Stupid is a term of endearment in this situation. Um, I would highly recommend picking it up. Yeah, yeah, I picked it up after I saw your stream of it, and uh, and uh, it's fun. It's a fun game. I mean, and there's different ways you can complete the missions too. Like, there's one where they have delivery. Uh, you have to, so so your the premise is that you had a book that you wrote, right? And the money is dried up from that, and and uh, and now everybody's buying stuff instead of at the stores. Everybody's buying it online. So you have to find all these delivery trucks and destroy them. And what I've been doing was hijacking them and then driving them into, into the ocean. And so that way police don't show up <laughs> and hunt me down. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's, it, you know, it, like you said, it's just like that old, that old school, uh, Grand Theft Auto style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, so it's a lot of fun. If you enjoy the, if you enjoy those types of games, if you enjoy old school GTA, or if you're just looking for just a fun game that doesn't take itself too seriously, highly recommended. I gave it a B plus. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And your, your review is on gamerheadspodcast.com. That's right. Nice. Uh, thanks Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Lapis Labyrinth and this was given to us by our friends at NIS America, the review code. And I mentioned this a little bit last week because I could finally start talking about it. But in this game, you are a an adventurer, uh, and you are you took up the call. Uh, there's a town that uh, is down on its luck. It used to be a thriving town where adventurers used to come all the time and go into the dungeons and go and collect treasures. But people have just kind of forgotten about this town. 
So the new mayor has now put out a call to any adventurer that wants to come and find new treasures in the dungeon and and bring the city back to to its former days of glory. And you're the only ones that show up to, to do so. <laughs> and uh, but it's cool. Like it's it's a cute it's cute and colorful. You get to pick. You get to make a party of four characters. There's eight characters you can choose from. Uh, and you make a party of four, and unlike other adventure games where, like, your party kind of follows behind, uh, each other, this one, your party stacks on top of each other, and the bottom character is the leader, and so you do most of the damage with the bottom character, but then you can also, like, throw characters from the top of the totem pole, if you will, (laughs) and they can also do damage as well. Uh, so some of the characters you can pick from, um, you have like a, a character that's a hunter, um, you have a necromancer, you have a gunner, a shielder, a witch, a destroyer, a bishop, and then my favorite, which is a maid. <laughs> She's so goofy, but and and as you go into this dungeon, you do find uh, different uh, treasure chests full of different treasures and different equipment, and that's actually. One of the things that makes your characters advance is the equipment that you can put on them. And man, there is tons and tons and tons of equipment in this game. And as you go on, you unlock new levels to the dungeons, and each dungeon has its own boss. Um, there's, I think there's five levels, five or six levels to each to each dungeon, and then the the main the main boss, and um. And then as you go on, you the the city starts coming back, the town starts coming back to its former days of glory, and and people start opening up shops. So then the 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 uh, the mayor opens up a the first shop you open up is a is a restaurant or a, a yeah I guess a restaurant and you can buy food there so it does different things, um, like bonuses to your stats. Uh, as you go on, you unlock a blacksmith, and that's where the game really opens up because once you open the blacksmith. Then you can start uh, equipping things to your armor uh, and enchantment into your armor and making your armor and your weapons much more powerful. Uh, and there's a dojo, which then you can also uh, train your level up your characters there and get them higher levels. So uh, it's quite cool. And the other thing that I really liked about it, as you go into these dungeons and you start, uh, you build up this meter and the more damage you do and the more treasure you find, you you go into this fever mode. And this is where it feels like it's just like a, a slot machine. Because when you're in fever mode, you're uh, you're uh, you're unstoppable. You're invincible. And you, everything you hit, gems are just flying all over the place. And it's crazy. Um, it's very colorful, too, at that point. And then the music is very frantic. So, like, <laughs> it just gives you the sense that you got to, like, hurry up and, and get everything as much as you can before the time runs out of this little fever mode that you're in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it reminds me of, it reminds me of like an ar- arcade game where you go to the arcade and you would just like try to get as much, uh, uh, gems and as much treasure as you can and, and play through the, play through the different levels. So, hmm. uh, some of the things that, that I, I will say that I was, I wouldn't say it's game breaker, but one thing that, that is in the game is, uh, this, uh, this concept of this like bonus or this treasure bonus. So it's like a uh, combo. That's what they call it. Treasure combo. So the more treasure you get without being hit by an enemy, like the higher this combo meter goes. 
And there are times where you walk into a room and you're just like, I know there's a trigger point when I walk into this room because there's no enemies. But once you get to a certain point, the enemies are going to pop and then they spawn right on top of you. And when that happens, like your treasure, I mean, you're going to get hit by an enemy and then your treasure combo uh, goes away. And uh, I was like, oh, like I had it really, really high. And there's like achievements for getting different treasure combos. And I was like, I wish, wish that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the other thing is that at the end of each level, you get a grade and uh, a rank, I should say. And then based on that, you can, um, you get different keys and you can open up different treasure chests to get different equipment. And it doesn't really explain how to get different ranks so like i guess there's a triple s rank which is the highest the highest i got was double s and there are so you get to open up different treasure chests but you don't get to carry like you'll get three chests to open up but you don't get to carry those keys to the next like you can not just say oh, i'll skip these and i'll wait for like a bigger treasure chest you have to like use those keys to at least open up one of the treasure chests in front of you so like, like for instance you have four treasure chests or you have four keys you have three treasure chests one will be like one key one will require two keys and one will require one key and if you use it to open up like the one the next set of treasure chests will have now you're down to three keys but then there'll be one that has requires four keys to open and i'm like well i don't have four keys anymore i can't open that (laughs) uh i understand why they did that did it that way but i don't know how to get a triple s rank and i put a lot of time into this game i still don't understand that so games that give you grades after you finish the level always make me feel like a failure (laughs) (laughs) that is true uh so is there a story running through lapis labyrinth roger something like character interactions or an overarching plot to keep you motivated through it i mean the story is light so the story is just that you know uh as you open up new dungeons the mayor you meet with the mayor and she's like, oh, good job. Now the next level you're going to, like, this used to be part of the town. And there's, like, ghosts that live down there. And really what they're doing is is just telling you, hey, you should probably get equipment that can fight against ghosts. And um, so, yeah, the story is very light. Like, I gotcha. I wouldn't play this game for the story mode at all. Um, it, it, it's just basically you're there to, to help make the city grow. <laughs> it's like moonlighter but with yeah if the town is. was dying you're right it is very similar to moonlighter that way yeah that's right um but i i i enjoyed i'm you know outside of those little things that i mentioned i really enjoyed this game uh i think the thing i, re- I really liked about it because it reminded me of like an, an arcade action type game and i gave it an a minus on our site so Whoa. yeah so you can go check out our a review there on GamerHeadsPodcast.com. All right, Christian, let's talk about Valhalla, cyberpunk, bartending, action. Let's uh, do it. <laughs> what did you think of that game? What was your final thoughts? My thoughts was that it was all right. Very well written. Uh, good dialogue. Uh, doesn't really have much of a point. And because of that, I did not maintain steam throughout the entirety of a playthrough, but I suffered through it nonetheless. <laughs> I I think I think the thing I really liked about the game was the fact that it was really well written. Mm-hmm. Um that you know, I think that's the hardest thing to write something and not have to hit somebody over the head with a lot of backstory, right? To jump into somebody's life like in the middle of their life and be like, "Here's like several months of their life." 
as a bartender and the people that they run into. And then the people, they have backstories too, but we don't want to hit you over the head with their backstories. I think that's really, really hard to do, especially when this is all it is, is a slice of life game. I think that's the hardest thing to do. And I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying there. Um, and and I, I think the other thing I really liked about the game was that each character felt like, I don't know, they felt real, you know? Does that make sense? Like, they just felt like I actually cared about them. I actually cared about some of the customers that came in. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird feeling. It was, I was, I don't know. I felt, I felt connected to them, kind of. And I felt connected to Jill, too. I actually really liked, I really liked the character. I really liked the protagonist in this in this game. That helps. Um, but I can see what you're saying. Like, I think there's six, there's six different endings. So mm-hmm. depending, I think, on what ending you get, like the bad ending is <laughs> is probably the, the least uh, interesting <laughs> in regards to the endings. Uh, and then there's one interesting ending that is actually really interesting. One of the characters, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but one of the characters comes walking in and you think one thing of them and then you find out who they really are. And you're like, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some aspects of the game that I thought were going to go down a religious aspect. So, like for the for, for instance, the bar is called Valhalla, and then there's another bar they talk about called Nirvana, and then there's the um, are they Lilum? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. And the sex robots, l- the Lilum, and and in Jewish folklore, there is the Lilum that are. Uh, descendants of Lilith, who is the first female, not Eve, it's Lilith, and uh, she uh, is is escorted out of the Garden of Eden, <laughs> and uh, and then has a relationship with uh, Samuel, the angel of death, I think, and then they have a lot of children, and they're called Lilum, and they're like offspring of just like pure passion and pure lust and then god's not real happy with that but i'm just saying like and 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 they kind of touch on that a little bit that that's the reason that these things are called lilum because the company is called lilith that makes them Mm -hmm. i thought that was interesting yeah so i thought there was some like more spiritual stuff that was gonna be brought into the game and then there is like one character that comes in and talks about the fact that, oh, how do you know that we're not all dead right now and that you're just imagining this and this is like hell or heaven or whatever? <sighs> I thought that was interesting. The brain in the vat theory? Yeah. Yeah. There is the brain in the jar, too. That was an interesting character. That's philosophy 101 stuff, Roger. That I stuff's know. not very compelling to me. No. I'm sorry. Okay. I know you're more advanced than that. So. <laughs> Well, I was just hoping for there to be more of a thrust to the narrative. Like it begins, the game immediately begins with a framing device that it immediately yeah. dismisses and never, yeah. f- what never happened features there? prominently throughout the rest of the game I because agree. they don't want to have a narrative through line throughout the whole thing. You just want, you know, conversations with people. That that did confuse me. So in the beginning, there's like this breaking the fourth wall type thing. And it's like you're having this dream. And every once in a while, there's like a glitch on the TV with this character in the beginning of the game and you don't really ever see that ever again like what happened 
I don't get it. I don't know. That was confusing. Unless I missed something completely, Christian. Did I miss something? <laughs> I don't know. There's probably some kind of subtext <laughs> underneath everything if you play the game through five times and analyze every separate character's speech patterns or something. Yeah. There was one there was one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that your character uh Jill, if you in between like each day, she she says, "Oh, if I could buy this so you're at like your home and then she likes certain things and if you could buy that if you buy those things then she'll stay concentrated at work but if you don't buy those things she starts losing uh she gets distracted at work and and if you don't remember what the people ordered from a drink she starts like her mind starts wandering and then you're like oh what did they order like and you forget what they ordered because she'll say she'll repeat what they ordered uh Mm -hmm. after they order as you're mixing the drink um, and then she gets distracted if you don't start buying those things. And then I think like my apartment didn't get terrible, but I've seen other people playing that if you let it go too far, your apartment starts getting like trashy and weird looking and stuff. You don't want that, Roger. No, don't want that. So, um, I did end up giving the game, I believe a B plus. Uh, Jeez. Um, That's very positive. I, 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 the, th- the thing I really liked about the game was the writing. I mean, to me, I think the hardest thing to do is to take somebody's life and just be like, here's a moment in time in their life. And, you know, I want you to to experience that moment in time in their life um, without hitting you over the head with their whole backstory. And I think, to me, I think that was pretty amazing, actually. So, uh yeah, so I, I, that's that's the reason I, I gave him such a high score. And plus, I mean, from a, I mean, slice of life games are not going to be for everybody, but I thought that they actually did a pretty good job with, you know, creating this world that that you are plopped into. I feel you. I will say that the mixing the drinks, there's really nothing special about that, um, except for the fact that there are some characters that, uh, if you give them certain drinks or if you get them drunk. Uh, they open up different dialogue mm-hmm. but other than that i didn't think there was it wasn't challenging to make those drinks yeah um and there wasn't like there was only a handful of drinks you could make overall anyway so it wasn't like <laughs> like you learn new drinks or something along the way yeah so yeah it's just about reading the dialogue enjoying the story yeah and they said that right in the beginning of the game to sit back grab a beer or a drink, and enjoy the game. And I think this is a very chill game. So if you're looking for a chill game that tells a story uh, and puts you in the the shoes of this protagonist, then I think this is a good game for you. Beautiful. Uh, That is Valhalla. All right, so uh, let's go on to games that we're currently playing. And Blue, why don't you start us off? What are you currently playing? So I spent another week with Mario Kart Tour. Yeah. The closed beta for that. And I've basically oh. done a complete 180 on really? my really? my um, opinions from last week. Uh-oh. So, yeah, here's the thing. As you progress, remember I said last week that you have to have you have to have hearts to do the races. Mm-hmm. In the races, you have to earn stars and then the stars unlock the next cup and then you also have to have if you get emeralds you can um pay to fire the golden pipe 
to get new <laughs> characters and carts and gliders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a toke on the golden pipe. Yep, take a toke on the golden <laughs> pipe, and then you'll see magical things. Yeah. Um, and then also remember that there are uh, favored combinations of characters and carts and gliders for each track. Yes. And so if you have those, you will get advantages. And if you don't have them, well, that's just too bad for you. Mm-hmm. So where I am now is basically I'm stuck. I can't progress any oh, no. further. Oh. Because winning the race is not enough. You are graded on how many points you get into the race. And you get points by your character card glider combination. You get them from your finishing place. The higher you finish, the more points you get. And then you also get points from your in-race actions. So, like, if you do a little jump boost, you get some points. If you hit somebody with an item, you get some points. Hmm. So, all of that is added up to give you a total for the race. And if you hit enough points, then you'll get five stars for the race, five gold stars. But below that, you'll get four or three or two or one. And so it's not 100% based on winning. Hmm. And so where I'm at is I can't get five stars on a bunch of courses even when I win. And like I, I don't even, – even on some of them, I have the preferred characters and cards and gliders. And then I win the race and it's still not enough to wow. get all the gold stars. And – uh, definitely there's a lot of courses where if you don't have the preferred characters and cards and gliders, just you may not may as well not even bother. You're wow. not going to come anywhere close. And so, like, um, I played one today. And it's like, to get five stars, you need 8,000 points. Well, I can get 6,500 mm. on my best, my best race. And so, basically, I've hit the point where I don't have enough stars to unlock anything else. I'd, like the next cup needs seventeen more stars to unlock. Wow. It's just it's that's ridiculous. It's it's yeah. so impossible as to like all you can do is laugh. I just <laughs> wow. And so I could definitely see like it's not fun anymore. I can't mm-hmm. do anything, and I can definitely see where this. If you wanted to keep playing, you would be driven to that in-game store. Yeah. Yep. But, but it's free, so you got some fun out of it, right? Well, you know, I I did. I will admit that I got a couple days worth of fun, but... Oh, and also I discovered, yeah, I am racing 100% against bots. Okay. I was going to ask that question. Yeah, because I was in the middle of the race, and then I I had to take a phone call. And so I just (laughs) turned the game off and said, oh, well, I've lost that race, whatever. And then after I finished my phone call, I went back to the game, and it was exactly how I left it. Really? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of annoying. I can can you pause during a race? Apparently, you can now. <laughs> I found By out. By just leaving? There's no pause button, though? Well, there's no pause button, but I just, like, um, Answered the off. call. Yeah, I just answered the call. I just And then I, I tried it again several times where I just kind of clicked my phone off mm-hmm. in the middle of the race. And then every time when I come back, it's exactly how I left it. Huh. Are, you, are you sure the other seven players didn't get phone calls at the same time? <laughs> well, now, you're right. That could be happening. <laughs> We could all get phone calls at the same time and hang up at the same time. <laughs> I be... cannot prove that is not what is happening. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But huh. it's kind of annoying. I could understand some bots, but 100% bots? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I so. mean, so so when does the beta end for this? I think it goes for another week. Okay. And then when when's it launching? Is it launching right after that or no idea? Know. Okay. Hmm. I suppose it depends on what kind of feedback they get from the survey we're meant to take. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So do you you have to take a survey on this game? Uh huh. Well, okay. I mean, you don't have to, but they want you to. Yeah. And are you going to fill out? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have many thoughts. <laughs> and I hope there are lots of places where you can. Where you can, uh, you know, freely type in what yeah. you think. Yeah. You haven't gotten that survey yet? I mean, it's going to be at the end of the... Well, they've had it available to take the whole time. Okay. But, you know, I feel like to give the most accurate answer, you should take it at the end. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if they if it was until, like, after the beta closed and they're like, all right, now we're going to send you your survey. Or if no. it was there. The yeah, pretty much every day when you log in, they have this, like, ticker tape at the top that encourages you to take the survey uh-huh. <laughs> take the survey now before you like get too bored with the game yeah before you get stuck and can't progress anymore that's why that's why apps they'll ask you to rate the app whenever something good happens so, like if you win a race or something it'll be like would you like to rate the app now because they know that you just had a positive experience and they want you to reflect that on the rating of their app it doesn't pop up if you just lost or if you got your butt kicked because that one looked good for him. That's interesting. Clever. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's extremely frustrating to me that winning is not enough. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't know what else I can do or what else you want from me. <laughs> do you think do you think they I mean, well, cuz you get to win and get I was going to say do you think they did that so that to even the playing field for like little kids that I may not be very good at it, but it doesn't sound like because I'm just I thinking think like so. Mario Party, right? Because like uh, you can earn yeah. the different stars, but that's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same because then it would be it would be easier to get stars if they yeah. wanted little kids to feel successful. Yeah, yeah. Not as in huh. it's impossible for everyone. Yeah, that's but, too bad. Yeah, it's too bad because I it I feel like. It had the potential to be a lot of fun. Well, they it would could just, still. If they would just let us play, you know. I'm, if you give them the right feedback, Blue, maybe they'll <laughs> listen maybe. to you. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the last cup that I did successfully unlock, it went behind that timer for five hours. Oh. Five wow. hours. It's like, okay, congratulations. You just unlocked a new cup. Come back tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Anything else? So, yes, and then um, so my husband and I were looking for some new games that we could play together. Oh. So we rented Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, and yeah. the Sonic Racing. Oh, <gasps> yes. I know. Okay, so uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. I know everybody loves it. <laughs> I know everybody loves it. I just don't like it. I just don't. It's, the controls are so floaty, you mm. know? I feel like the characters don't have any weight to them at all. You're just, mm. like, bouncing and floating, and then you mash a couple of buttons, and then somebody wins. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something? Nope. Have you played That's... a lot of prior Smash Brothers Blue? That's no, what the game is. because no. I've, I've tried them before and not liked them, and, and this is more of the same, as far as yep. I can tell. Yep. 
I believe the physics are tuned slightly more for in this entry, especially when compared to the Wii one. I think the Wii one was kind of like the peak of the floaty era, and that's why a lot of people kind of disowned the Smash franchise after that Smash game was released. Everyone was like, oh, nope, the GameCube one's superior, and I don't care what you guys do with the franchise. I'm just going to keep playing the GameCube one. Mm-hmm. But uh, this most recent entry, Smash Ultimate, kind of brings it back to that more tightly, less floaty uh, GameCube you know, apex where things are a little more tighter than they were in prior entries. If you say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, to, to me, coming from, you know, a regular Mario game background, mm-hmm. this feels like you're playing on the moon. It's like you're just all over the place. Yeah. The characters feel weightless to me. And uh, like, yeah, I don't know, you hit somebody or get hit, you don't really feel anything from it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I just I feel in a lot of ways just completely disconnected from what's going on the screen and like I said you just mash a couple of buttons and stuff falls from the sky and I don't know what it does I can barely figure out how to pick it up and uh, uh-huh. yeah but somebody falls off a platform and then you win it's like well that's not very satisfying <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that people really love this series and really love this game but I uh it, the appeal is lost on me. Did your did your husband like it? Um, I think he was willing to keep playing it and see if we could get to like it more. But, yeah. you know, to be honest, I was just like, I just feel like this is taking my time away from Sonic Racing. Oh. Which, that one, I freaking love. Yeah? It's really? so fun. I mean, the the items are kind of silly. That you pick up, and the man, the character voices are so <laughs> cheesy. I love it. I it's, love the character voices. It is straight out of every Sonic game. I know, but it's like, mm. <laughs> stop talking. I'm trying to race. You know what I mean? It's like, Get out of the way. The superior life form has to come by. I was like, really? <laughs> or, oh, oh, my car got a boo boo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those cars get boo-boos blue. Yeah, yeah, apparently they do. I guess it because it made me I was thinking of Mario Kart, when the characters say something, it's like for a second and then mm-hmm. it it's gone. And yeah. this one is like they're doing like full sentences. I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're they talking are. for so long. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, it's like Kingdom Hearts 3's Olaf all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the actual racing part of it. I think it's really fun because there's the three speed modes, you know, the, Mm -hmm. what is it, normal and hard and then expert. Yep. And of course, we went straight to expert and then we're getting like 10th place, 9th place, getting our butts handed to us. And I think it's great. Yeah. It's it's good to have some challenge. Really, Blue? Yes. You're sounding like me. And uh, I like challenge in my kart racers. I don't want to win all the time. Mm-hmm. I want it to be an accomplishment when you win. And um, the other thing that I really, really appreciate is that the game lets you screw up and feel the consequences of it. Mm. And you hit a wall and come to a complete standstill or you go flying off the track and you're like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the consequences from that. There's no safe steering or steering assist or whatever it is that Mario Kart started putting in there to make everybody successful. Yeah. There's none of that. 
you sink you or swim. Are you playing on a Switch? Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How did it run? Pretty well? Yeah, I didn't notice any problems with it. That's I think um, the loading screens were a little bit... Uh, they were long enough that I started to kind of wait. Why is it taking so long? Mm-hmm. But no, I, d- I didn't notice anything. Hmm. I'm not quite as in tune to frame rates as you are, though. No, no, that's understandable. Did you miss the Did you miss the uh, video in the beginning of the game, though? Did I? Um, probably. <laughs> I was probably doing something else while it was downloading as update, and then then I think my husband's like, "Hey, it's ready!" So then I came <laughs> back. Oh, well, I mean, the, so the Switch version doesn't have the 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 and the trailer in the beginning, right, Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is the only cutscene in the game. Yeah, is oh. not present on the Switch version. Yeah, but oh, doesn't well, seem to whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say this doesn't sound like that was a big deal. <laughs> nope, not really. So, because uh, like, because Christian, you said it because of the fact that they could fit it on a 16 gig cartridge that way, right? I think so, like 16 or 8 gig cartridge, yeah, because yeah. space comes at a premium on physical Switch games especially because they want to fit them on this as small a cartridge as possible because that reduces manufacturing costs significantly. Mm. And so that's why you get games that'll like come out and half of the thing is on the cartridge or like the single player is on the cartridge, but you have to download the other like 13 gigs of the multiplayer or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. That's very so, strange. Seems so strange better. to me. This is better than uh, Nintendo Kart Racer. <laughs> Oh, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. one? Yeah, oh, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because when it came out, I didn't play it right away. And so I saw people on Twitter were playing it and enjoying it. And I was like, somebody just tell me it's better than Nickelodeon Kart Racer and I'll be happy. <laughs> that's all I need from it. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, it's way better. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was so fun that um, we actually went right on Amazon and bought it. So Really? Wow. That's mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna rent the Crash uh, Team Racer? When oh it comes heck out? yeah! Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys know I love me some kart racers. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you like it? I mean, so how does it compare to Mario Kart? Because I mean, you like Mario Kart a lot, right? Yeah, um, I think that Mario Kart does some things better. Okay. And I think that Sonic does some things better. Oh, I agree. At least, especially as far as as the most recent Mario Kart, Mario Kart Eight, oh. is concerned. Yeah, you know, Mario Kart Eight is ten years old. You know that? What? Really? I think so. I thought I saw that today. That no. Mario Kart Eight was ten years old. No, I think somebody so. jump on Wikipedia. I think I don't know. Maybe maybe it was five. I thought it was, they said ten. I could be wrong. I could it be was wrong. released twenty fourteen, so five years. Okay, five years. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I was say, more years believable. Is... Yeah, but okay, I was gonna be pissed if we it's been ten years since the last <laughs> Mario Kart, and the only thing we get now is freaking Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So okay, five years, yeah, five years, but five still years, five, years. five years. Yeah, five years of May twenty ninth, twenty fourteen. And it was announced at E3 2013. So <gasps> that means we better get a new Mario Kart. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We better. Um anything else you've been playing? Um I played a little more Cook Serve Delicious. I don't yeah. have any <laughs> anything new really to report. It's just a lot more of the same. Mm-hmm. I um I'm grinding my way through all the other restaurants, all the days and other 
all the other restaurants and there is so much content in this thing it's absurd mm. but now i can look at the menu for the day that i'm about to play and know whether it's gonna suck or not <laughs> <laughs> i can i can tell it ahead of time any of the nice. dishes that have a lot of individual customizable ingredients are mm-hmm. gonna suck like the burgers suck obviously which i've talked about before yeah but and the stir fry sucks and then, you know, burritos suck, <laughs> sushi sucks, pizza sucks. <laughs> oh, Holy geez. cow. And then if you get a day where they've got more than one of those on the menu, then it's just like, <laughs> all right, bring it on. <laughs> oh, boy. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you dug in more of the Konami uh, Castlevania? No, honestly, I haven't even turned it on yet. Oh, okay. Okay. When you play Kid Dracula, I'll talk about that today. When you play it, I want to know what you thought. So. Okay, I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, anything else? Nope, that's it. Uh, Christian, what have you been playing? Well, speaking of Team Sonic Racing, I played the crap out of Team Sonic Racing. Yeah! yeah you, you played it on PlayStation 4, right? PlayStation 4, yes. Okay. That is where I played it. Um, I got it on release and just pretty much have been playing... That since put like 40 or so hours into it to get the platinum trophy for platinum wow. number 104. Wow. I had to play through the campaign three times for that, which was like 25 of those hours, which was kind of exhausting. Uh, but the single player, it's just races against AI, which is, you know, fine. I mean, you're by yourself and you're racing against the AI, whatever. The team racing components are very intelligently designed. And so that's what I think puts Team Sonic Racing above Mario Kart is when you're playing it with other people. And if you're on a team of three people, there is a lot of strategy constantly coming at you throughout the course of a race. Mm. Because the person in first lays down this boost trail, right? They're laying down this yellow trail wherever they go. Or the person on your team who's in the lead, they'll lay down a burst trail. So all teams have someone laying down this yellow trail. And so the person in first is incentivized to try and drive as predictably as possible. You know, you don't want to be swerving all over the track if you're in first for your team. You don't want to be taking a bunch of shortcuts that your friends can't take. You want to be taking very predictable routes so that they can also slingshot through your boosts, get up higher. And then as um, as they use your boost trail, you're gaining an ultimate meter. And the ultimate is just like game-changing it is extremely powerful you get a ridiculous speed boost and you become invincible and your handling goes way up and so you're able to just like zip around these tracks really really easily and when you're playing with ai it doesn't work very well all the time because the ai doesn't know how to go in your boost trail regardless of how (laughs) still you stay and so that'll mean that you won't get as your ultimate as often as you'd like to And your AI will also be too stupid to kind of get up into higher places because your final position depends on your teammates also. So if you get first, your other buddies, they need to get pretty high up too. Otherwise, if another team has a bunch of three people in high positions, they can just, their score is, the scores are average. So they're just going to blow you out of the water anyways. So in the single player, you're dependent on the AI, which is very frustrating. But there are challenge courses, which I absolutely loved. There's challenges that you can do uh, that have you do like a bunch of different stuff. There's a bunch of different ones. Ones are like drifting around markers while you're going through a race. 
uh, a racetrack. And then there's other ones where you're like blowing up robots to get points while you're timed or blowing up targets. And I loved those because those take out the AI completely. And it's just you, your skill set, a track, and you get to go and try and do it as fast as possible and try and get that best medal. And I love those so much. It tapped into that track mania turbo. I'm going to keep going back to it. The golden standard for single player racing. It's you versus the track, and it's hard as balls, but it's up to you to get it done. And I love the challenges in Team Sonic Racing, but the single-player races, I had to do a lot of those, wasn't the best. Did you play any of the single-player at all, Blue? No, we only played two-player. That's a smart call. That's a good call. Well, I'm going to get to the single-player eventually, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the other disappointing thing is just kind of like the story. They made a new antagonist for this Sonic game. He's like this weird Tanuki dude. And he's there. He's in the opening cutscene. But like the entire story of the game is just like a slideshow where it'll be like it'll be a static background character on the left side character on the right side some like throwaway dialogue before every race. And the dialogue doesn't really go anywhere. There's a story that happens. But I mean, it's just complete garbage i mean you can just ignore it and the good thing is that in the single player races you can just start a race without having all that dialogue play anyways so that's good well that's good good, stuff. yeah good to know if it's not important i'll just skip it exactly i would highly recommend doing so <laughs> okay the progression in the game did you uh interact with the progression at all blue uh we just did the cup races cup races good call yeah. so in order to unlock stuff in team sonic racing you open loot boxes. Uh-oh. What? You open lots and lots of loot boxes. Uh-oh. What? Senator, Senator Holly is not going to like this. No, yeah. he is not so, at all. Yeah, there are lots of loot boxes in Team Sonic Racing. Whenever you finish a race, you'll get a bunch of in-game currency, and you use the in-game currency to open loot boxes. It's like 10, 10 a pop or something like that. It only costs, yeah, I think that's right, 10 or 100 of them. I forget. To open a loot box, and there aren't any premium currencies here. You can't spend real money to open these loot boxes, which is good. There's no telling whether or not they'll put that in in the future, but right now, those are absent, which is good, and you also can't get duplicates in the loot boxes, which is a, another plus. So you only have to open so many loot boxes before you get everything. But, like, I didn't open a single loot box until I finished the campaign one time through, and then I had, like, 32,000 currencies, so I sat there and opened 320 loot boxes, which oh was, gosh. like, a solid 30 oh minutes of gosh. sitting there and tapping X. Wow. They need to find a better system for opening loot boxes, because, good lord, uh, there were, like, two more occasions where I sat there and just opened loot boxes for 20 minutes to unlock all the parts for the cars. Oh, my gosh. Not the best system. Why yeah. even have loot boxes? That is yeah. a good question just let people pay to upgrade what they want good question i agree with you blue yeah that's that would be a much smarter system than what they've got here but the cart customization options are like insane did you screw around with those at all blue nope not yet there's uh colors that you can put on your cars different parts for your cars that like increase different attributes uh, but the problem is there's paint jobs galore. Like you can make your car look pretty cool. Like there's different stickers you could slap on there, different paint jobs, uh, great stuff, different color schemes that you can unlock. All very good. But the problem is, is that some of the parts that you unlock for your car are legendary parts. Okay. And those are the best ones. You want the legendary parts out of the loot box. And so once you get a bunch, all legendary parts for your car, it's, you know, 
it's it would behoove you to equip those because they provide the most significant stat boosts. But in doing so, those legendary parts are all gold, and so they render any cart customization completely useless. Because if you change a color on anything, you can't change the color of your gold part. So sorry, buddy. You know, your cool-looking car is just going to look gold now. Sad. Yeah. So but it, uh, pretty fun. Uh, part of the part of the platinum trophy, Christian. Did you have to play online then? I did. Yes. Yeah. And the online multiplayer was similarly disappointing because the team racing mechanics really shine when you've got another person with you. Because when there's real people interfacing with these systems and not AIs, it feels much f- more fair. And the rubber banding isn't as egregious, and it's very skill based as a result. And it feels a lot more fair. So I went off to the online realms to see who was playing Team Sonic Racing. And boy, it was hard to find a full lobby. Uh, It was like the day after launch, I found like one lobby with three people in it. And that was like the most I could find was three other people chilling. And these are 12 people races. So that's not very good. There's also ranked play, but the game doesn't really make clear what's factoring into your ranking. What isn't. You've just got this little medal next to your name. And it's not clear, like, the bronze and gold are kind of similar, so it's hard to tell if you're bronze or gold right now. And it's, mm. it's, it's bad. And, like, every race is bookended. The beginning starts with a fly-by cutscene of the track, and that takes forever. And then every race ends with a nice little cutscene with another flyby of the track. And then you have to wait for all the results to slowly tabulate so you can see who the winner was. And then you need to sit there and stare at the character portraits of the people who won. You have to say, okay, good job. And then you finally get to move on to the next race. And it feels, it just chugs along through the course of everything, which is weird. It makes online play not fun. And Mario Kart is better at online play somehow because Nintendo, you know, they're not, they're not by any means the, you know, shining example of how to make online play good. But Mario Kart's online play, I found significantly better than Team Sonic's races. Wow. Yeah, see, that's why what I was saying that I can understand some bots, mm-hmm. right? If you want to make sure there's always an online race available, you know, just throw some bots in and fill that lobby. But yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But you, you, it's pretty you, fun. You reviewed this game, right? For, I did. For yes, New Game for Network. For New Game Network. That's yeah. correct. So what was your final score? I gave it a six, a solid three out of five. Mm-hmm. I came out positive. You know, the team racing is just like ingenious. But this game, it's not a full retail of 60 bucks. It's 40 bucks. Mm. And you can kind of see where they shave things around on the corners with the multiplayer, very rudimentary. The loot box progression feels like entirely tacked on and needless. Uh, the single player stuff has like no story to speak of, but the racing itself, if you can get into the right circumstances, it is fantastic. And I hope they iterate on this formula in the future and make it better to play by yourself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And just throwing it out there, it's actually on sale on Amazon for 32. Holy wow, crap. Really? That's where we got it. Wow. Not bad at all. That's awesome. Uh, cool. Uh, have you been playing anything else? Yep, so speaking of Sonic and not, like, getting rated on your performances, (laughs) I played through Sonic Adventure 2, just finished it up yesterday. Have any of you peeps played the Sonic Adventure games? Uh No. I played Sonic Adventure 2, yeah. You have? What do you think about it, Mike? Uh, I didn't get very far. I got you. It's kind of confusing. I got it when it came out on the GameCube. 
Yes, that's where most people got it. Uh, Sonic Adventure 1. I've got a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in Sonic Adventure 1. I had it on a demo disc on the GameCube. It had like two levels. I played the crap out of those levels. And then I like begged my grandma, you know, to high heaven and back to get me Sonic Adventure on the GameCube. And God bless her heart, she did. And I played the crap out of it. I loved it so much. I went back to it like a year ago and still enjoy it. It's pretty solid. I mean, it's very noticeably flawed. It doesn't, it's not very well polished, but really liked it. The Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 both began on the Dreamcast back in the day. And so I'm playing Sonic Adventure 2 because me and a buddy are making YouTube videos. For some reason, he decided to try and review every Sonic game ever. So this is like our 24th Sonic game we're playing through. Good lord. So Sonic Adventure 2, I kind of hate it. I do not like it. Which is sad. And GameCube 2 or what is that on? It's on you can get it on pretty much almost anything now. I believe it's on PS3, Xbox 360, uh Steam has a version. It's on uh GameCube is where most people have played it. It's also on Dreamcast. I don't think they brought it to the modern systems yet, but it's on PC, so you can play it there if you really need to. And it it baffles me that people there's people out there, you know, lots of people who say Sonic Adventure 2 is superior in every every way or nearly every way to Sonic Adventure 1 and I don't I don't understand it. Maybe it's the mm. nostalgia talking. I feel like it's not though because there are sections in Sonic Adventure 2 that are basically copies of Sonic Adventure 1 but worse. So Sonic Adventure 1 had this robot and in the robot stages, you would just blow everything up. Fantastic. Satisfying. You could destroy everything. And there are just explosions in glorious fashion. And they return to some extent in Sonic Adventure 2, where you control characters in mech suits. And they made them worse because they focused on platforming in sections that are supposed to be blowing up everything. Wow. Not good. There's also just regular running stages because those were the best stages uh, for the most part in Sonic Adventure 1 where you just Sonic, you're running through the stages fast, you're going through the loop-de-loops, and then you get to the end of the stage and you're like, yeah, that was satisfying. I jumped on a bunch of bad guys, made it to the end. And the level design, the egregious level design in Sonic Adventure 2 just makes those levels a slog to get through. You've got weird camera angles that make you fall to your death way more often than you ever intended to. Despite the fact that you knew what you were supposed to do, the camera was just wonky, and so up went like left, and then you fell off the edge, and so sorry, you got to restart from the next checkpoint. Mm. That's baffling. And then there's the stupid Knuckles stages, which return from Sonic Adventure 1, but they're worse in Sonic Adventure 2, because you play a game of hot and cold to find a gem, you dig it up, but the problem with these ones is, you got there's three gems in each stage, all right? The levels are enormous, so you got to like just fly around the whole stage to try and find where the gem is because the indicator doesn't tell you until you start getting close. And then, with three gems in each stage, you need to get each one in sequence. So you can't get the second and third gem before you get the first one. You can't get the third gem before you get the second one. Uh, Sonic Adventure 1 did not have that problem. Uh, they did not make that arbitrary you know, restriction on the player in exploring these enormous levels that are absolutely ridiculous and mind-numbing. Sonic Adventure 2, you can skip it. You can forget it exists, wow. but I would highly recommend Sonic Adventure 1, despite the fact that it's janky. It's hilarious going back to these games, because the cutscenes are awful. Have any of you seen these cutscenes no. recently? What was the point of these games? I don't understand this. No, I've not seen the cutscenes. They were the first 3D Sonic games back on the Dreamcast. Was it supposed so, I mean, to rival? Was it supposed to rival like Mario 64 or something like that? I feel like it was, I don't know if the Dreamcast was, I think it was after the N64. Oh, okay. When these games came out. 
because Sonic Adventure 2 almost immediately released after the Dreamcast on the GameCube. So, like, the cutscenes are just mind-boggling. Because <laughs> so poorly polished. People are talking over other people. The The dialogue is even worse than Team Sonic Racing. Like, way worse. Wow. People sound like they're, like, weird intonations, voice acting. Animations are all over the place. Character models are just, you know, kind of hovering into different places. The story makes absolutely no sense. The characters are completely unlikable and devoid of any intelligence. It's beautiful. I would highly recommend watching the cutscenes because they're ridiculous by today's standards. So maybe the people that are making the Sonic movie actually were playing Sonic Adventures 1 and 2. Maybe. I mean, there's plenty of bad Sonic games they can pull from. I think Sonic 06 is probably better than Sonic Adventure 2, in my opinion. Because I have played through 06. Sonic 06. Yes. The one that everyone, like, decries is the death of Sonic and, you know, destroyed the franchise as we know. What? Yes. Okay. Sonic 2006. The reboot on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Sonic kisses a female, a human oh. female in that game, you oh, know? What? So what? Wait, you got to love that. That's a brownie point in Sonic 06's department. That's and... uncomfortable. Yeah. How? What? So he does hey, go to you got to play it. How are, you got to play it. How are humans there? There are humans in Sonic. Yep. There Sonic are? Adventure 1 and 1 at least and 2. Yeah, they both have Wait. human characters. Well, I mean, is Dr. Robotnik human? I don't know what that I is. think so. Yeah, he's okay. got a grandpa who's another like Ivan Robotnik dude. Oh. So there's some deep Sonic lore going on if you what? really want that. The only lore I know about Sonic is like Sonic's 1, 2 and 3. I played those. And then Sonic the cartoon uh which I don't remember very much. I just remember that Steve Urkel, the guy that did the voice of Steve Urkel, or played Steve Urkel, does the voice of Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really remember. I just remember Dr. Robotnik trying to take over whatever world Sonic lives in. That's all I know of the lore. Is there more to this? Than- oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we're only on Dreamcast. We're only in like the year 2003 or whatever here, 2002. And we've played 22 Sonic games. Oh, so there are people who take Sonic lore very seriously because Sonic it runs wide and deep. Oh, I think up upwards of 40, 50 by now. Oh, my God. So, yeah, oh there's different God. islands, different enemies that cause wreak havoc, and then they entrap animals, and then you got to save the animals, all kinds of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Sonic Adventure 2 is done. I think Sonic Advance is next, which I hear is better. Oh, is that was that Game Boy Advance? Yep, oh. Game Boy Advance. Uh, anything else? The only other thing I've been playing is some Dead Cells. I got back oh, to yeah. it thanks to a yep. sale on the Switch. There's DLC that just came out. I can't really tell what the DLC added. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've only played it for like 10 hours on Switch at this point. But uh, fantastic. Game's still great. They've updated it quite before? a bit. What did you play uh, before? I played it on PC before. Oh, okay. So I finished, did like a couple of game finishing runs on PC. And so now I'm on Switch. So I got something to play on my lunch breaks. It's still fantastic. They've updated it a lot. It runs very smoothly on Switch. Naria performance hit in sight. Great. Huge thumbs up there. Um, they changed kind of how timer rooms work a little bit. So those are more concrete and they make more sense now, which is great. And hopefully I'll get to that DLC soon because I'm loving Dead Cells, you know, the third, fourth time through. Nice. Nice. Cool. Uh, what about you, Mike? What have you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing a whole heck of a lot this week. Um, I did put some more time into uh, Shakedown Hawaii, uh, which I talked about earlier. And I played some Smash. I uh, decided to try out that Labo VR update. Oh, yeah. Uh How was that? Yeah, it it wasn't bad. Yeah, no, no. It's nowhere near as bad as Zelda. 
Okay. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it just seems like a fun gimmick that I played, and I'm like, okay, I just want just go back to the usual stuff. It, it it's not in. It doesn't feel like VR. I mean, it looks like you're watching it on a giant screen, but it like mm. changes the angle so that um, you can't really move the camera around. So it's like from a different angle. Some of the stuff that I was doing was kind of blocked uh, uh -oh. by some of the foreground items. So it was difficult to see, like, if my character, like, went went far enough to the left, I'd, you know, I'd have to turn my head to the left in order to see, you know. And mm -hmm. I couldn't, I basically couldn't get the whole picture in my field of vision. Not that that was a bad thing. Uh, but it was just, you know, I was like, all right, that was, that was interesting. You know, now I'm just going to move on to something else. So I played that. Um, and then I also, I also continued playing some more of that uh, Dawn of Survivors game that I got. Uh, for the Switch, the two dollar game, and mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's it, it's definitely worth the the two dollars I paid for it. Um, mm. it's uh, it's you know a lot of gathering and crafting. The the there's the fight mechanics. You know, when you're fighting zombies and stuff, they're just they they're more annoyances than actual like battles or something like that. As I guess any zombie game should be, but um, it's uh, it, it's. You know, it's a good time waster. I'm playing it for like half an hour at a time. It's it's fun trying to figure out how to how to craft all these things, what I need to do all this stuff. So, uh, well. other than that, I've just been doing real life dog walking simulator. Oh yeah, how's that going? <laughs> uh, it's going better. You know, we're you know we're we're getting we're getting used to him. He's getting used to us. We're still working on a lot of the training things. So yeah, we should we should say. I mean, we talked about names. Uh, you know. Uh, after after video game characters, your dog's name is. Uh, we named him Yoshi. There you go. It's too cute. Yeah. I love that name. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was it was between that and Kirby. So, but we ended up going with Yoshi. either one. Yeah, He's so yeah. cute. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's uh, I, I mentioned this uh, why I said wouldn't it be interesting if more VR games, mobile VR games, came to the Switch. And there are games. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but there is a game coming out on the Switch and PSVR that is going to be a VR game. Um, so it's interesting. I, we'll see if, if there are more games that come from a VR perspective to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wish that the headset was actually a real headset instead of uh, just a piece of cardboard. I'm sure that somebody's, some third party is going to make one. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Sure. You it, you ordered a headset though, right? Like a strap or something? Yeah, the strap is okay. I mean, it's it's honestly it's very difficult to maneuver into it and get everything mm. lined up with it. Mm. I don't know. It, it's not very good. But I'll tell you what, I did I did a good chance to pre-order. I was able to snag that um that uh that grip that flip grip. Oh, you did. Yes. Mm. And what do you think? Did you play it? Did you get it yet? It it's not going to ship un until mid August. Oh, Jeez. really? Wow. Yeah, that thing has been sold out for a long time, and I got a notification like, "Hey, this is back up." And I'm wow. like, "All right, I'm jumping on it." Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I will say one thing that that does worry me a little bit with it is like trying to get your switch out of it. It's like I don't. Know, I'm always afraid I'm going to break my switch, but. I guess you'll have to find let me know. Yeah, I guess I'll find out the hard way. <laughs> I guess so. Uh anything else? Nope, that was it. Uh for myself, um, besides Lapis Labyrinth, um, I've been playing some more Valhalla. Um, so playing that. And then the other one I wanted to just mention was I have been playing the Castlevania uh collection. Oh. 
and I played some Kid Dracula. Hmm. And that game is really hard. Oh, really? <laughs> and I don't understand it at all. Just like, like a, regular retro game hard or Uh yeah, I would say. I mean, it's weird. It's it's just weird. Like you're like a chibi kid. Like it's just like anime kind of. And you and you're throwing stones or something at your enemies. I don't know. And the enemies, I mean, you're Dracula and you're fighting against like witches and like uh Frankensteins and I don't get it. I don't. And then, like the first boss is like this big ghost kind of character, and you throw rocks at it. It's. I don't get it. It's like not my favorite Castlevania game. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I got the Castlevania collection because it's it is cool. It is cool to have that on the Switch. But uh, it's. I mean, yeah. I guess it's not. It's not shocking that this game never made it to the U.S. because yeah, it's not very good. It's just weird. It's just it's a weird entry. So Blue, when you play that, I want to want to get your will, thoughts on that. I will ha- I will come prepared with thoughts. Okay. Uh, other than that, I think that's really what I've been playing. I I mean, those three games have taken up most of my time. So, cool. all right. Then with that, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into our hot topic. And our hot topic this week. Uh, it revolves around the fact that Death Stranding just had their release date. So with Death Stranding coming out three and a half years after being announced, we're going to discuss when is the best time, uh, best announced to release time frame. So we'll, we'll discuss that when we come back. So stay tuned. And welcome back to Gamerheads. Uh, yeah, with this... Well, Mike, actually, this was your hot topic. This was your idea, wasn't it? It was. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to kind of start us off. Sure thing. So everybody was freaking out that we finally got a release date for Death Stranding. And um, we've been waiting for this for the last three and a half years. So we get a, re- we get a release date, and uh, the release date was three and a half years after uh, the game itself was originally announced. Uh, we also see that in terms of a lot of other games. Um, Last Guardian was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're... Seven years was Last Guardian. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're still waiting on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured a good topic would be, what would you consider to be the best uh, announced to release date time frame? As in, when a game was announced to when it was released, or when it is released. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So here's what I was thinking. I think, and I, I don't know why I'm, I'm the, just talking about Mortal Kombat nonstop, but Mortal Kombat 11 <laughs> had a great time frame. It was announced. It was first announced at the Game Awards in December. Oh yeah, you're right. And it came out four months later. That's pretty so amazing, actually. That, and that's something like people are like, "Wow, that's like that's that's very surprising." Like normally, big game studios do not announce a game and release it four months later. But that gave them, you know, ample time to to generate hype and, you know, get everything going. But again, it gets to a point where it's just like, yes, I'm excited, but now it's like, you know what, I just don't care anymore. And I'm starting to get that way with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, when they first showed off um, Jaden Page in the desert with the, their car broken down and everything, I was like, I was freaking out. I was, I was, was unbelievably excited. And then when I saw the trailer that they released with the 
with the the monkey dropping f bombs every two minutes. I'm just like, like I'm like, okay, it still looks interesting. And and, and then when they and then at, it got to a point, I'm just like, you know what? I'll I'll wait. It's Ubisoft. I'll wait till it gets down to fifteen bucks. <laughs> so I I kind of lost and and I loved the original Beyond Good and Evil. Um, and same with Death Stranding. That looked interesting to me, and I was like, now I'm just kind of like, well. I'm moving on to other things. So what? Do you, so what do you think? Is a, is a good time for a company to announce their game before they release it? What What are your thoughts, Blue? What is What is a good time for a game to to be announced and then come out? <sighs> I don't know. It's a tough one. I always want creators of things to take the time they need to make sure that something is solid. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a it's a book or it's a movie or it's a game. Seriously, do not rush it just because you said it's coming out. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, um, like consider Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Mm-hmm. That it was, was six years. Yeah, six years between when it was announced and when it came out. And I think, I, on the one hand, I really appreciate how solid they made the game. On the other hand, I think it hurt them because it was so long that it gave everybody way too much time to speculate about what was definitely positively going to happen in the game and what it was going to be like. And then when it wasn't, then I think Kingdom Hearts 3 got unfairly, you know, uh, bashed because of it. Yeah. Well, and and when delays happen, or I guess not delays, but when you know when there's that long time frame between when the game is announced and when it comes out, like I think there's a lot of speculation of like, oh, what could be happening? Why, you know, mm-hmm. why is there a delay? Maybe the game is not good. Maybe they have to trash everything and start over. Oh my God, are we gonna get a good game? Maybe this game's not gonna be that good. You know? Right. Yeah. The longer it goes, the worse the buzz gets. Yeah. Yeah, Square Enix is so bad at that crap. They did the same thing with Final Fantasy XV, which they announced 10 years before the game actually came out. Jeez. Wow. And that one needed more work. Even after (laughs) 10 years, it needed a lot more work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, uh, who was the guy that came out with um, Fez? Who was his name? Peter Fish or or Phil Fish. Something like that. Phil Fish. That's it. Phil Fish. Did you guys ever see that uh, that documentary? The movie? Yeah. Yep. Where he he made an announcement, right? Of I think it was Fez, wasn't it? Wasn't he made an announcement yep. of Fez? And like it was at, I want to say it was at E three, but I could be wrong. Uh, but then he made this announcement, and then like it, he's like, "I would come out with this game," and and it won all these awards actually, like before it even came out, like like oh, this what? game like won best, like best of like trailer show or something weird like that i don't know like best art or something like that and best design best ideas and then it didn't come up for a really long time and he was getting death threats like saying like uh, where's this game like why haven't you come up with this game that's yet? a blah, blah, separate blah. issue <laughs> yeah but i mean but i mean i think that <laughs> it is a separate issue but it's it, it does say though like how like people i don't know how nutty and crazy people are but i think also like there are probably some studios and i can't think of any games right now off the top of my head but how how many times where a game's been announced and then they never release because mm-hmm. they just never happened yeah that happens I mean, right metroid mm-hmm. prime 4 was almost 
Yeah. Was almost was almost falling to that. Yeah, they announced that, and then, hey, we got to scrap the entire thing. Yeah. Well, they're apparently at E3. They're going to announce it again, Mike. <laughs> well, this time we'll believe it when we see it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But I think that's a dangerous trap of like you want people to get excited about the game, but. Yeah, it's almost like you don't have to announce it just because you're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> you should just give it some time, make sure you have a lot of work done, and then announce it, I guess. Yeah. Do a Mortal Kombat 11, like Mike was saying. I don't know how long they've been working on it, but you know they didn't churn it out in the last six months. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think you. it's hard because you got to strike a good balance. you got to know when to announce it because you – you want to announce it late enough so that you're sure it's going to happen. You don't want to build up hype for something that isn't going to exist. And you don't want the product to be drastically changed prior to it being released. Uh, because you get all you get people there saying, show us gameplay. I don't care about all these pre-rendered CGI trailers. Show us gameplay, please. And then if you show them gameplay, you want to make sure that's actually going to be in the game. Otherwise, you've got, you know, like a No Man's Sky situation on your hands where they're talking about all these features and then those features don't exist in the final product and then everyone hates you for the rest of forever. Don't do that. Now they do, Christian. Yeah. Well, not not even all of them. the damage was done. I know. Yeah, that's true. But I still think a very quick turnaround is also very difficult and I think that can damage studios because like Fallout 4 is one example where... They announced that game and released it six months later, which is a pretty quick turnaround in the same realm as Mortal Kombat 11. But in doing so, like the game basically leaked in a large capacity like a year prior and like everyone knew what the setting was and they people have seen screenshots about it before they even officially announced it themselves. And so you don't have that really big pop off. It's just kind of like, haha, I knew you guys were already making this situation. Yeah. Yeah, the longer you wait to announce it, the more you have to worry about a leak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. I mean, do you think Death Stranding was announced too soon? Do you or do you think that that was like a good good time frame? Well, I don't know. It's three and a half years con- compared to some of the others we've discussed. It's not actually that long. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a lot longer than three and a half years, but. If you apply the criteria I just laid out to Death Stranding, I would say that it was announced too early because you want to know that the game is for sure going to happen and won't be drastically changed. So Death Stranding, I think, was like announced as soon as Kojima got his studio together. They hadn't picked a video game engine yet. They barely got enough people or developers working on the project as it was before they just announced it. So I think they probably should have waited a year and a half at least to give, you know, um, a year and a half is enough time to build up, get excited, and for them to have something demonstrable to show without the game drastically changing in the process. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree. I mean... When the the time between the announcement and the release is so long that you start to uh, the life cycle of the current gen is starting yeah. to expire, <laughs> yeah, you know that's a concern. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say the same exact thing, Blue. That if you wait too long, <laughs> what system is it gonna launch on now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you think like a year and a half then probably would be a good good window? Of, yeah, uh, that's a good window. I, I like that year and a half number, Mike. Yeah. All right. So who do we contact to make that uh, scripture? <laughs> <laughs> call Jeff Keeley from the Game Awards. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. See, I was going to say we should call Senator Hawley. Oh, there you yeah. go. Make it law. Make it make law. It law. <laughs> Since he seems so very concerned about video games being fair. There we go. Protect our children from waiting too long for games. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> well, that was easy. Yeah, done. Yeah, what other problems can we yeah, solve? Yeah, <laughs> we're on a roll. Um, yeah, so I mean, I it will be interesting to see, certainly, you know what Death Stranding is going to be like. One thing that I will say, my my friend Matt tweeted this, and he tweeted something along the lines of it. Indie, indie Dev says, hey, we got this game coming out, you know, press release, blah, blah, blah. And in the press is like, eh, Kojima winks. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that there are, like, probably studios, like, bigger studios or bigger names, like rock stars like Kojima, where mm-hmm. I think the press gives a little bit more leanway uh, to as well. It's like, oh, well, it's Kojima. He could take as long as he wants. Where, like, like I said, like Phil Fish, where people like were threatening him, you know, with with death threats over Fez, which. Well, weird. I'm sure somebody somewhere has sent a death threat to Kojima. Probably, you're probably mm-hmm. absolutely right. I mean, yeah, there's those no kind of fringe psychos don't. <laughs> Who knows what they think and why? That's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. Uh, any final thoughts on this topic? Um, Mario Kart Nine. Mario Animal Kart Crossing. Nine. Animal <laughs> Crossing. Yeah. Hey, the C three. Apparently, we're going to hear some Animal Crossing news. Mike, you better. Maybe what? we'll actually see more of that Harry Potter game that had that leaked trailer like a year ago. Oh yeah, from WB. I would love that game. Doubtful, but maybe. <laughs> I will see. We'll see. Uh, listeners, what are your thoughts? What is what is the best time to release time frame? Uh, you can let us know. You can send us a tweet at GamerHeadsPC. You can send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast. You can go to Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. Or you can leave us a message at our website, and that's GamerHeadsPodcast.com. All right. Uh, let's, before we leave, let's go around and tell people how they can uh, reach us and get a hold of us. So, uh, Christian, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Christian Cubza. Otherwise, you can read my reviews at GamerHeadsPodcast.com, CourseSquare.com, and NewGameNetwork.com. Nice. And, Mike, how can people get a hold of you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at TCThrowers. Uh, you can also check me out at Twitch.tv slash TCThrowers. And you can read my reviews right there on GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Nice. And Blue, how can people get a hold of you? You can almost always find me on Twitter. My handle is at WritersView, and it's spelled with a Y, so W-R-Y. And then I also have a website, which is WritersView.com. Nice. And listeners, as I mentioned, you can always reach us uh, at our social networks, uh, Twitter, uh, email, Facebook, or on our website, GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Uh, if you do love the show, please do let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can leave us reviews on iTunes, and the link for iTunes is right in the show notes there. So go ahead, leave us a, a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. You can also leave us reviews on Podbean as well. If you use that for your uh, for your listening, uh, I guess, device to listen to the show. So we will respond to any of those messages that you leave there as well. 
All right, uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us this week. Always a pleasure. And Christian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Blue, thank you for joining us as well. You're welcome. And listeners, thank you for listening to our show. We really appreciate uh, you giving us part of your day and letting us be part of your day and, and listening to our show. We really appreciate that. So thank you. With that, uh, until next week, keep playing games. And um, what other piece of advice should I give them? Mario Kart 9. Mario Animal Kart Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 9. That's all we got to say. All right, until then, have a nice week. Bye. Have a lunch.